Welcome to the Space for Magic podcast, where people who are led by their hearts come to learn the secrets to receiving all the gifts the universe has for us. I'm your host, Patty Lennon. I'm an ex-type A corporate banker turned intuitive coach. Using a blend of common sense, brain science, and just a dash of magic, I am here to help you create abundance in every area of your life and business. Welcome. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Space for Magic podcast. I have my good friend and colleague, Mia Moran, with us today. She is a coach, a wellness expert. She's the creator of the Flow Planner. And I have a few questions that I know are going to resonate with you um, today, you the listener, about what happens when you think that your life is kind of going the way you expected it to go and that gets upended in ways that you could not have imagined where you think you've checked the boxes and you're good to go and um, where life just hands you a left curve and you have a choice on whether to go with it or not go with it and how do you approach that? So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So with that, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you for being here. So what did I not share about you that's probably important for people to understand before we get into questions and conversation? I'm a mom of three. (laughs) That might be one important thing. I now officially can say I have three teens as we're recording this, which is kind of crazy. I know. (laughs) What else did you not share? And I'm a coach and you've been my coach. That's an important piece of information. So yes, we're friends and colleagues. And when I first met you, though, I was kind of obsessed with you and you helped you at the time were doing something very different and helped me with my crowdfunding campaign. So we've known each other for a while. Oh my God, we've known each other for so long. I know, because I'm sure that's so out of what you do right now. But yeah, that's it. And I'm a coach. I think you already said that. (laughs) So far out of what I do. God. (laughs) It's like finding like um some clothes as my my daughter would say from the 2012s in my closet. <laughs> oh my god, so long ago, 2012. So Love it. Actually, speaking of which, yesterday she came home and she was like, "Mom, good news." And I was like, "What?" She was like, "Guess what's back in style." And I was like, "What?" She's like, <laughs> "Those yoga pants that flare at the bottom." Excuse me, those weren't even considered for donation. Those did (laughs) not go out of style as far as I'm concerned, right? If those came back in style already, they didn't even get old enough to be given away. I don't really care who said they were. So um, the first thing I want to talk about is something you mentioned to me when I was actually on your podcast. And that was that, um, you know, for me, when I look at you, one of the things that I, that I really see you as is someone who has mastered food and nutrition from a completely different space. So when you were doing, I think this was what the crowdfunding campaign was for, but even just what I was learning about your early work, what I found so fascinating was you had um, started cooking, I think it was vegan, but definitely vegetarian. You had found all these great recipes that your kids would like. And I was so impressed that you <laughs> do that. And fast forward, now you told me that your daughter had some struggles with food and how yeah. crushing that was because 
you felt like you had kind of nailed at least that piece of the puzzle. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is, you know, not so old information. It was definitely during the pandemic. And yeah, it was bad. It was really hard and it was bad. And many people were like, you can't do this yourself. And I just had this inside knowing that I was the one who was supposed to be helpful. (laughs) And so we took it on in our house and we did our work so that we could really be the, you know, I did my work so I could really be there for her. And my work like had less to do with solving her issues and more to do with solving, you know, my issues with food, with my mother, with just, you know, everything with my relationship to my body and times that I hadn't listened to my intuition. And as I really, you know, at the same time, stayed so present to her and honoring where she was and committed to really continuing on this path to the best version of myself, we found healing very quickly. It's kind of magic. Yeah. I think it's so powerful. Plus, I know you just told in a very short amount of time. Yeah. And I know that the journey wasn't like five seconds, you know. No, but- it was not five seconds. It was it's <laughs> funny, you know, it felt like years, but actually it was months. So it was much shorter than years, which it could have been because other people have similar stories that have lasted years. Um, but it, it was definitely all consuming. It was all, you know, it was definitely all consuming for that time. And you know, the things that were impactful just weren't the things that anybody was telling us would be impactful, you know, that a doctor or a psychiatrist or anybody would say. So it was just, it was an interesting process in, in what life is. It's a process. There is no end destination. And we're probably going to have to learn these lessons over and over and over again. Right. And I just think the pandemic really, or whatever this time is that we're in, I'm just calling it that, but it amplified all that for a lot of people. It really did, especially my mind's going in so many different places. So I'm going to just kind of walk you through some of the questions that are in my mind and you can pick which one you want to touch on. So the first question is, you know, a lot of what I've been taught by my teachers and mentors and also I've kind of gotten from my guides is, you know, our children really are just processing our stuff. Yeah. And the point where they, where that changes is puberty, but your daughter was kind of just stepping into that space. So I would love to get your take on that. The other thing I wanted to talk about is let's go back. I do want you to kind of give those that are listening an understanding of what your original journey with food and how you got to this place where you kind of felt like you mastered it. Or And, and I think that would have been a fair assumption based on watching you. Yep. And then the third place where I definitely want to get to is for someone listening, whether they have, that's their thing is that they thought they were at one place with their kid and they're actually, something shows up that was totally different. Or it's like, you know, what I'm seeing with a lot of my entrepreneur friends is they thought their business was running very smoothly. And all of a sudden, and they got through the original like pandemic year, like 2020, but then all of a sudden 2021, just upended their business or, you know, someone thought that their, you know, their family life was on track, their marriage was on track. And then that was upended. And just 
things that they thought they could count on, all of a sudden, the thing they thought they had cleaned up, they had done their work on, just kind of got upended. I want you to give some advice to someone who's sitting here in that place. So okay. you, so you to- might have to repeat some yes, of that, but yeah, I'm going to yeah. start at the beginning. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I'll start at the beginning with, with the kids really being, you know, taking on our stuff and then at some point being released from that. So I think for me, that was one of the most interesting learnings in all this was that, yes, to some extent that's true, except I think as a society, we got a little mixed up from what we were releasing them from and what we we aren't. So like, for example, you know, we hold on like really tight to our kids great. I'm just like talking very generally right now. I know not everybody listening does this, but you know, like we might hold on really tightly to their grades or to chores around the house, like very like logical things that actually probably we can give them more responsibility earlier with. And then we let go of some of the more emotional and spiritual pieces earlier. And the truth is, is that a a human brain is not fully able to process thought until they're like 23 or 26, depending on whether they're a boy or a girl. And so there's this whole concept that like many of us didn't even learn as adults because our parents weren't doing this work about like how the nervous system works um, and how we, we are connecting to higher power and all these things that I just think our kids need to feed on our energy for much longer than we think around those things. So I feel like we almost like mixed it up. And I will say that a lot of the work that I ended up doing was more around me having a really calm nervous system, me being super grounded so that I could like feel myself on the earth, but also receive whatever guidance I needed to receive so that I could basically let her borrow that Mm. in the moment. Mm. And I don't think that goes away in team. Like, I think that's something that we can keep doing for longer. In fact, we really need to. That's how we're going to have really emotionally smart people, <laughs> right? Because we can pass that on now. And that's something that most of, you know, maybe a few special people <laughs> had that in their parents, but not all of us did. And so if we can become that and really let our kids borrow from that and get through stuff because we're calm, like calm to me is the the thing to strive for because they can like literally like anyone in the room can borrow your calm, but really definitely your kid can. Oh my goodness. I am like so excited that you just said that. So excited. You just said that for so many reasons. I hope if you're listening and you have kids, please, please listen to that. Take it in. I am seeing so many people, especially my son is a junior. And parents going cuckoo crazy pants. <laughs> cuckoo a crazy pants. Yeah, it's pretty insane. And like, I want to tell them, like, if you get your child into college, some great college on the back of your efforts, and you deliver them to the front door of that college, a hot mess inside, it doesn't matter yeah. what got them there, they will not have the internal resources to manage independently, I don't think. 
Yeah, no, totally. And you know, and it's and that's where I think it's like really important, like separating the things. Like, I don't know that I was perfect at teaching all the things. Like this year, I have a senior, so I, my son's one year older, and you know, I was like, wow, like I wonder if he knows how to do wash. <laughs> you know, like I was thinking that kind of recently. But then on the other side of that, you know, I've leaned so much into this sort of nervous system and just really the piece that I think is missing in a lot of humans, which is just really becoming like having that awareness of who you are, who you're meant to be here to be. And, you know, I looked at him after the college process and I was like, I think you just got an education. Like he dug so deep into who he is and what has been meaningful and like just the process of that. I was like, I don't even know if you need to go to college. You know, that's not, you know, typical education is not my favorite way to learn. My, I happen to have kids who love it, but it's just really interesting. It's really interesting when we don't bow down to all the pressure and all the ways that it's supposed to be and really nurture emotions instead. What, what that gives our per- kids permission to show up as. Mm, yes. And I just want to say, if you're listening, I know I just sounded so judgmental there in my, (laughs) and I'm going to own it. I'm going to own it. I really have been. So that's from my work. (laughs) Well, and we're all, we're all in a big unlearning process. I mean, if, if the past two years showed us anything, it's like all these systems are broken very much, including our educational one. So we're like in it, like, so we have to show up for it, but it's not quite right. And it doesn't, you know what I mean? So it's a mess right now. And so we're going to show up with messy, you know, we're going to say messy things about it as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's changing. Yeah. And, and I think it's, and, and part of it, although I sound judgmental is it is partly out of love because I'm seeing some of my friends and they're like, they are shaking with nerves. Yes. Because their child did not perform. So the juniors were mid freshman year and then their sophomore year, right? And now they're they're trying to figure out how to like be a high school student without really having experience because we were primarily in our school district in isolation for, I'd say, up until this year. So yeah. their freshman and junior, it was like, I would say 80% of the time, their, their students just don't know how to navigate the skill yeah. they would have gotten in freshman year. They didn't get, right? Yeah. But, and, e- but yeah. even if they did, like, I mean, that was my big lesson from this year, which like, I did not navigate perfectly at all. You know, right now I'm in hindsight. So I get to, (laughs) I get to say like the wins and the gratitude I had from that whole process. Like it was definitely quite messy in the middle. And the thing that I really was able to eventually do was with the help of, you know, my guides and also guidance from professionals was to really step into what was mine Like, so my guess is, is that a lot of us, and I found this coming up, like I've said for years that I don't care about who goes to college, who does what. And then all of a sudden we're in the middle of the process and I found myself caring. And so then I feel like it's my job. Like, what is that? Like, where is that? Like, did I, you know, maybe I didn't feel like I did it totally right. Or maybe I wish something different or I was supported more. And so I think a lot of times when we exhibit behaviors that aren't necessarily in the highest good of our kids becoming exactly who they're meant to become. That's when it really is. What, what do we need to look at? Like, where is this us, not them? Yeah. Yeah. My guess is that comes up a lot around college. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because, and I think it's, 
you know, I, it depends on where you're living, but since we both live in the Northeast, I yes. know it's fairly similar is it's, it does become this, like almost this parental competition. Yeah. Too, you know, and, and so, okay, so we can move off of that. So I'll yeah. then redirect you to my second question, which the is, food. can you just re- like talk to the audience a little bit, talk to me, cause I know the story of what happened in your life because you had a health issue that introduced you to the fact that what you were eating was really a big factor. So talk about Yeah. So so basically the beginning of my story was, I don't know, a little over 12 years ago. My youngest just turned 13. So it was about right before she turned one. And at the time I owned a graphic design studio. And I just remember this day where like I looked across my desk and there was the stack of coffee cups and it was like not even three. <laughs> I was like, how have I accumulated that many coffee cups since I got here this morning? And also, like, first of all, like, how have I left the office that many times? But also, like, why am I still tired? Because I had been sold that caffeine gave you energy. So I was like, why am I still tired after all those cups of coffee? And that was just kind of like my, my, you know, if we if we all have a moment where we have to draw a line in the sand, that was mine. And it just sort of created a series of events. You know, I too believe in we're always led to that next thing. So somehow that led me to a yoga class, which led me to meet the teacher, which she told me she had this way that I had to try eating. And so I tried it. And I really did turn around my health very quickly. I was kind of all in to lose the baby weight, I will fully admit. And that's one of the hitches. And then what happened was I very, very, very quickly got healthy in ways that I didn't even know I was sick. (laughs) So like I had been taking like all these random medicines for allergies and hormones. And all of a sudden I was like, I wonder if I still need those. And I stopped taking them and I haven't needed them since. So a lot of symptoms I was dealing with went away when I changed my food. And One of the other things that happened, and again, I make this sound like it all happened in a day. It was a process for sure. I literally did not know. I couldn't have told you the difference between many vegetables at this point. I was not a cook. I was at the very beginning of my journey. But I had had, you know, I just, one of the like outcomes was that I felt like I had 10 years, like the best way to explain it is I felt like I had had 10 years of therapy or what I imagined it would feel like if I had actually gone to 10 years of therapy. Like I just felt happy and I felt grounded and I felt a connection to source that I just hadn't felt in a really long time. And it ended up that I have a sensitivity to gluten and to dairy. And I think those foods were literally like fogging my system, (laughs) so to speak. And so because the food sort of had that result. I think that there was thinking and beliefs that I just didn't deal with at that point. And life sort of led me down a path of that being fine for a while. And then I hit that miraculous time of your mid (laughs) forties where hormones kick in and all of a sudden a lot came into question again and I wasn't feeling my best and I was feeling tired and, you know, different symptoms were back that I had been so used to not living with. And so I started dealing with those. And I think that that then was noticed within my household. And so I had to go back and do that work that I hadn't done at the very beginning. 
of really learning how to love my body, no matter how she was feeling that day. And, you know, just like forgiving past circumstances that I thought were responsible for me being this way um, and all the different things. And that was sort of the next level. Yeah. So you're saying like, um, because just for you listening is, so you did find a way to eat healthy, but it was really because your body became what you wanted it to be eating healthy that you really thought you had accepted it. Yeah. And there was this whole energy. Like I was just like, I literally was eating food that made me happy. (laughs) Like, like, the making of it or the thinking about it, like it sounded kind of boring, but like literally in my body, I felt good. And I I hadn't felt that good. And I I realized that like a lot of the times, I mean, there were a lot of times where I had negative thoughts about my body image or whatever. I felt uncomfortable in my body that just went away by getting healthy. And I think there was just thought loops in there that I hadn't quite healed or comes to peace with or behaviors I hadn't forgiven. And that just really needed to happen in order to change what I think has been part of my lineage for generations, right? So we have this ability to just, we we have the ability to draw a line in the sand for the future generations. Actually, you'll like this story. You want to hear a really spiritual story? Oh yeah. You know, (laughs) bring on the spiritual shit. So the team, the team involved some really logical people like nutritionists and whatnot, but it also involved a shaman. And so I, my daughter and I actually ended up at a fire ceremony at her house one day and in the midst of everything. And it was just this beautiful, it was like winter. It was just this like beautiful ceremony. And I had this vision of like wings coming off my back. And it's like, almost like I could see the generations And I could see how we were in the middle right then, right? So there was like this whole wing of energy going to one side. That was our past and this whole wing going to the future. And so I I, like, I, I understand that like, there's this whole lineage that I've come from that might have, you know, had all sorts of thoughts about a woman and her body. And so I like, I've always kind of understood that, but I had never seen like the future, like I had never seen beyond like what we were creating, you know, like what me and my daughters were creating for the future. And that was just really cool. And so I was like, oh, like this is a big responsibility. This isn't just about me or her. It's like a big deal. And it just so happened that three other people saw the wings that night. So I was like, all right, <laughs> this is real. Ooh, I love yeah, it was that. Cool. Yeah. And that's so interesting because it ties to something that I've been learning from two of my teachers that I work with. And one is that she's been sharing with me that a lot of um, cultures that had a long famine in them, which gosh, Mm. I would feel like is every culture, but Mm -hmm. certainly, you know, within the last seven generations alcoholism and obesity are the two most common ancestral wounds that are handed down from that. And, you know, those are being called to the surface to be healed in ways that, you know, from a, from a generational standpoint. Yeah. And that speaks to the work you're doing. Cause it's, it's one thing to get sober if you're dealing with an addiction, it's a different thing to heal the underlying 
ancestral wound. Right. Yeah. And I think, and I, and I, you know, and I think that's like new, like it's not new news, but I like, I feel like that's coming more to the like planet right now. Right. Like we're understanding this more as, as humans. So. And I also think we didn't have, we have now the, for lack of a better word, we have the metaphysical power. Yeah. Like where only a few might have had it a few generations ago because of the vibration of the planet, because of the assistance we're getting from the other side of the veil, we actually have. And because many wise and evolved souls chose to incarnate into common families, right? Yes. Um, Where maybe a more advanced soul might have chosen, you know, a more isolated path where they could be in their spiritual work outside of like normal everyday stresses. In this generation, a lot of souls are evolved souls were um, incarnating into quote unquote, you know, average yeah. sort of lifestyle. And, and it's amazing. It's amazing to watch in our, in our kids. Cause like when I look at my three, I'm just like, Whoa, I was so not that aware, <laughs> you know, at age 13, 16, and 18. It's kind of unbelievable. It's like, you can see how like, you know, we're turning up the volume Mm. on how quickly we can get to this place. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. So, um, and then the other piece is just that we're being called home. Yeah. Like our DNA is calling us home, both home within ourselves and then home to our ancestral lands. And I think it's all a piece of that going back to your um, culture of origin and for both your own wellness and wholeness, but also for your, for the healing of those, I love that those wounds. So then the final question is what advice do you have for someone who sort of been their life or some aspect of their life has been turned on its head and they feel, and this even, and this I've talked about on the podcast happened to me is I just felt betrayed by God, essentially. Yeah. Like I felt like, whoa, I did my work, dude. Because when I talk to God, it's the divine masculine. So I'm talking to sort of my God of my origin, like my original religion, which is Catholicism. So I always see him as a dude and he's always (laughs) the one I get pissed at. And I'm like, I did my shit and <laughs> that was supposed to be done. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. so this feeling of, and I'm over the betrayal, but what, what advice do you have or what? That's so funny. Have? Cause that's my background too. So that's funny that that comes up mm-hmm. so I can totally relate. So I feel really blessed and lucky that I just had the most amazing mentor ever sort of at the beginning of all this. And so you know, I definitely started with that, with the kicking and screaming of like, WTF, like, do I have to close down my business? <laughs> you know, like, I just, uh, you know, I was really at that point at the beginning, because I was like, I just felt really out of alignment. I felt really like, who am I to show up and coach people right now? You know, like everything that I thought I knew, I'm, I'm doubting right now. And luckily, she really quickly just help me to see what I kind of knew, which was that this was really happening for me. And so I think that that's the most important first step is just shifting 
the energy from this is happening to me to this is happening for me, even though it feels hard and impossible and yucky. And I wish it would be tomorrow already, like all those things. But like, how can I just show up and fully be here, even though I really wish this wasn't happening? And I feel like that was the biggest shift that created like the most like propelling forward at a, at a fast rate. And then the other thing was just really making time and space for everything that that entailed. So, and I'm wondering if this is why it's happening so much right now is because we slowed down, you know, literally as a whole world (laughs) during the Mm -hmm. pandemic, because I think like busyness is kind of like a glass of wine or a box of cookies. Like it's a way to really not have to face what we need to process and what we need to just feel for 90 seconds. Like all it takes is 90 seconds to feel a feeling and we can like move through it and move on to the next feeling. And so really giving myself the time to, you know, be close to family who I needed to be close to be with myself, tap into my intuition, like pause regularly. Like that was so important so that I could like hear what was next because I was being really divinely guided. And if I didn't pause, I I never would have known or heard or known what to do next. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. So I, I think those were kind of like the really two most important, like personal responsibility. It's happening. I hate that it's all happening for a reason. Like that seems so cliche to me, but, but at least seeing the possibility that it's all okay. Like it all can be okay. Because I think the second we fight, which I had my moments, but the second we're fighting what's happening, it's really hard to stay in. Like it's, we're literally setting us, ourselves up to, for it to be really hard to stay in forward motion, right? Like, and you know, forward motion could be meditating for five minutes in my world or sleeping. It doesn't have to be doing, doing, doing. And so, but keeping to move forward, keeping to lean into the moment, into the situation, and then making space and time to do that. I think those are like three and finding the support you need. I think that's like the third thing that is just so, so important because we have been so conditioned that we need to do all these things alone. And I just feel like that's the biggest lie that we've been sold. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) As women. And we just don't give ourselves permission to be supported. And we, and so I think like at some point, you know, at some point that was just sort of, given to us in many different ways. And then we just almost took that as like, this is the way it should be. And I think that that's really, that's not how we're meant to do any of this. It's not how we're meant to grow businesses. It's not how we're meant to mother. It's not how we're meant to be as women. Like women need community. We need circle. We need our people, (laughs) need our tribes. And so those three things together, I think really made the biggest difference. Now, when you think about, I mean, really what you do is you really help women connect to what true wellness is, right? Like what whole life wellness is, which is not you're eating right or you're getting exercise. It's that you're literally in the flow of your life, right? And as I listen to you, I mean, what stands out to me is like, wow, for you to really mentor people where you were worried that you were out of alignment, for yeah. you to really mentor women in this, this had to happen. 
Yes, 100%, which I can see now, but it was a little hard to see in the midst of it, right? I think that's always the way. Yeah. And I, you know, I had um, a guest on, oh gosh, maybe six or seven episodes ago, Anna Swee, and she had said, you know, I was talking to her about like kind of the shit storm we're in, or at the time that I was talking to her, we were in. And, um, and her take on it was, we are being asked to decide, is this a benevolent universe or is this a dangerous yes. one? Yes. And so this just feels like another layer of that, right? Yeah. Like is, it's not, oh, everything happens for a reason. But if we believe in a benevolent universe, then I love how you put it is the possibility that something good here is happening, even if it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I agree with that. And it's funny because that was like, that was my thing. Like that was the thing that I've had since I was a little girl. Like I was always surrounded by people who didn't necessarily think the universe was benevolent. And I've always felt that way. And so I feel like this was like, you know, like the next level test of that for me. Mm, yeah. For sure. Wow. Wow. All right. We're done with next level tests. Universe, I know, thank right? you. Yes, thank you very much. I'll coast for a minute, although there's always a next level and it's all good. It's all part of the, pr- I think also like the end destination thinking, like that makes it really hard. And we also are conditioned to think that. So as long as we like can embrace that it's a process, it's going to be a little swirly. It's, you know, it's, it's benevolent, like, and we're showing up to it. Like, I just think the combo of all those things really helps us <laughs> to be able to show up on a daily basis. Yes. This pointing to the sky and waving around and yes. joyful oh motion. <laughs> Oh my god. Joyful, encouraging motion. So um you have so talk about where people can find you. You've got a podcast. So um, Yes, I have a podcast and Patty's been on it. Um it's called the Plan Simple Podcast. And you can find that anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And we also have a website where you can also find it, and that's at plansimple.com. And so those are sort of the two best ways and we are releasing a new course called From Overwhelmed to Ease, which is free and anyone's welcome to come take it. And it's really about how to navigate your day in a way that allows you to really tap into your intuition and mm-hmm. to wisdom and what that actually looks like in a very practical practice. Everything I do looks very practical on the outside, <laughs> but it's always in partnership with the spirit. Mm. Beautiful. Excellent. All right. Well, any last words of wisdom you want to leave with our audience? Let's see. So this is one of the things that I love to think. So we didn't go so much into planning today, which is what I normally talk about, but you all can come come visit me to get that. But whenever I start to say planning, I feel like it takes people out of that. Like people uh, automatically associate that planning and flow don't go together or like the the or way that flow should and, feel planning and joy planning and pleasure yeah, exactly yeah. like mm-hmm. like somehow planning makes us like robots and so what i like to think of planning is that it's just that i'm like i'm in a moment of time and i can actually in that moment of time control like my, my how i'm feel like i can make sure that i'm in, basically in a high vibration moment when I plan, right? Like I can't always do that when I'm like at dinner or I'm like about to write an email, but at the time of planning, I can just delay planning five minutes and like meditate or go on a walk or whatever. And I can, I can make sure that my energy is really clean. And then I, 
plan, like really connecting to my future self, really connecting to her and seeing what she needs of me in the next, you know, whatever week, 90 days, whatever it is that you're planning. And so what happens is we then put that down on paper from this like really clean space. And then when we land in that time, it's basically like our past self has given our future self like this gift of just being able to land in the moment and not get stuck in all this decision stuff that we always get stuck to, but really just be with what is there and, you know, process any emotions that come up and, you know, kick and scream if we need to and enjoy it and all the different emotions that might come up. But really that all planning is, is, is deciding in advance and we can really see it as a gift from our, our past self to our future self. So we can really be in the now. Mm, that is so good. And I would say, just knowing how your work flows, if you, you know, for you listening, if you have seen planning as sort of a like subtitle under a productivity course, yes. or if you just, you know, to you, planning is part of that hyper productivity culture, and that's just not you, just understand that is not what you're going to be learning here. That is, (laughs) (laughs) it really is about flow. And I haven't talked a lot about it since I sort of shifted gears in my work, but you know, I'm a big proponent of deciding where your time is going to be spent ahead of time. Not all your time. You just need to assign some of it. Yeah. So if you and your heart have been thinking one, either I wish I could plan better or two, I've been in that productivity hyper mode and it sucked the life out of me. Either one of those camps, this is work you want to pay attention to because this is going to be that missing link to giving you some sense of your time back. Thank you. I love that. That is true. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, We will put all the links to everything, all the resources you just shared in our show notes. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing so vulnerably today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. All right. And bye everyone. Have a beautiful, beautiful week. Go check out Mia and all of her resources and everything she's just shared. Cause I know you are going to fall in love. All right, everyone have a great day. Hey, thanks for listening. If you know someone who needs to hear this message, please share this episode with them. And if you're feeling really generous, I'd love for you to leave us a review at your favorite podcast app. It helps us reach many more people and it fills my heart with so much joy when I hear what you have to say about what I've shared. I'm cheering for your success. Have an amazing day. And don't forget, always create space for magic. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.